Welcome to the Two Fab Femmes Podcast with your hosts, Maggie Hill and Gina Cafaso. Conversations on every topic for women to survive in this great big world. Hey, Femmes, this is Maggie. And this is Gina. And welcome back. We are on location at Pump Restaurant in West Hollywood. Woo! This is darling. Oh my gosh, it's beautiful. Absolutely love we it. We are out in the patio and it's so nice. So excited. So excited. We have Daniel Pinnock with us today from Young Sheldon, Yay. who is absolutely amazing. Uh, but first, two fat femmes walked into the bar. Gina, how was your week, my love? I'm going to do the famous Pump Teeny. Ooh, that's yeah. nice. Ooh, it sounds so good. And you can get one I'm here. Having. You can get one here at Pump, by the way. Oh, nice, nice. I think I'm having Lisa's Big Pinky. Is that weird? <laughs> is that weird that I'm craving what, Lisa's what is, Big Pinky? What is in the pinky? Okay, so curious. vodka, and I'm a vodka yeah, girl. Right, we yeah. all know that. Muddled mint, a little lime, club soda, splash of crayon. There you go. Girl. That's a girl. Maybe, maybe I'll change my, my order. I kind of like that no. one. That sounds kind of good. No. No? I got to keep mine? to change it. Oh, why not? Too late. Come on. Not fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are going to move straight into our show that we are so excited about. So hang on and buckle up. So Maggie, did you know that CBD oil helps with pain relief, anxiety, sleep? That's for you. Oh gosh. Yes. Heart health, menopausal symptoms, and so much more. Yeah. There's a company, Joy Organics, based right here in the good old USA, that has the world's best organic hemp-based products without the THC. That's awesome. So go to our buzz page at 2fatfems.com forward slash buzz and click on Joy Organics. And when you're in there, enter promo code FAB10 and get 10% off your order. Joy Organics. She's just a girl and she's on fire. Hotter than a fantasy. Lonely like a highway. She's Stage and television actress Danielle Pinnock currently stars as Ms. Ingram, the tightly wound school teacher in the hit CBS comedy Young Sheldon, the spin-off to the popular multi-Emmy award-winning television series The Big Bang Theory. A newcomer to Los Angeles from Chicago, she has already shown her star power on NBC's critically acclaimed This Is Us, Comedy Central's Workaholics, and Epic's TV series Get Shorty, starring Ray Romano and Peter Bogdanovich. An accomplished playwright, her one-woman show Body Courage premiered at Rivendell Theater Ensemble in Chicago in 2016 and is a tour de force. She's a graduate of Temple University and received her MA in acting with first distinction honors from the Birmingham School of Acting in the UK. She has studied with famed solo performer and documentary theater playwright Anna Devere Smith and is a 2015 Bob Curry Fellow with the Second City. Danielle is originally from Teaneck, New Jersey, and is of Jamaican-American heritage. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband, Jack, and continues to write and support diverse artists' voices through her coaching sessions at Iron Print Artists. Danielle, thanks again for being here. We are so So excited. excited. And that was an amazing (laughs) bio, by the way. Oh, thanks, y'all, for having me. It's so exciting. Girl, you are killing it. (laughs) I'm trying to pay this rent, y'all. I'm trying to pay this rent. (laughs) I hear that. I hear that. Hey, me and you both. 
Okay, so here we go. So tell us a little bit about yourself and actually how you got started in the business. Absolutely. Uh, I'm from Teaneck, New Jersey, which is a very, very small town right next to Harlem, New York, um, right off the bridge. And I went to Chicago for a little bit to do Second City, to do some jokes and comedy. And I loved it there. And Second City is actually how I got my manager in L.A. And I started acting very young, probably about 20 years ago, and doing all the little plays because I was a latchkey kid. My mom was a single mom, and (laughs) she was like, you need an activity to do while I'm at work. (laughs) So I ended up getting into theater, and I loved it, and it was such a creative outlet, and I've stuck with it for so long now, and I've been doing it professionally for 10 years, and it's been amazing. So what was your very first role? Just out of curiosity. My very first role was in a show in sixth grade called, it was Aladdin and the Wonderful Magical Lamp. Oh, nice. And they they fibbed it a little because Jafar had a sister named Halima. (laughs) (laughs) I was the evil sister. And um, all the parents, we had to get our own costumes, and my mom went to Party City and got me this like kind of harem girl outfit but my grandmother was super Christian so she's like you can't have your belly out so I had a full leotard and full tights underneath <laughs> so I just looked like the Grim Reaper all the way down as <laughs> like a 10 year old but that was my first role yeah awesome. I love that so you know what happened when you got to LA how different is it from the east coast oh to coming out here and really rocking it. Listen, it is so different. Um, Before we came here, we were living, my husband and I were living in Chicago and rent is so cheap there and I took it so much for granted. We had this huge apartment, dining room, all these things, $950 a month. What? And that was the biggest um, change for me was the cost of living and I didn't think I would be able to come out here. Um, LA was never on my mind when I was in Chicago. I just wanted to do theater and I was actually really afraid to be on television because I was afraid of like how would I look and I'm a plus size girl and what would that, you know, would my family judge me? Like all these things and my agent uh, uh, two years ago said, you know what, just try it, see what happens. And my third audition, I ended up screen testing for HBO. So that was when I realized, wow, TV, there's a lot of money out here. A black car came (laughs) and picked me up (laughs) from my little Chicago apartment and it, it's just been history ever since, and I'm so glad that I made the transition here. Oh, well, oh, we are, was, too. Yeah, <laughs> Most definitely. Well, you are a powerhouse, for sure. Very <laughs> multi-talented woman sitting across from us right now. So you're also, besides being a comedic actress, a series actress as well, mm-hmm. and a playwright. Yes. So you have, like, just this incredible, <laughs> diverse... The of exactly. a resume, like none other. And you're a married lady. Hello, yes. Jack. Jack's sitting right next to us here. <laughs> So your passion is contagious too, absolutely. Like we, when we were reading your bio, we were like, we love her, absolutely oh, thank love you. y'all so much. So how do you do it all? How do you balance it all? Ooh, listen, it's a, I write a lot of lists. Right. <laughs> and, and I have to say, I have a really, really great support team. I mean, my agents, my manager, my husband. I mean, my PR folks—they really do keep me organized and on schedule and I have to tell you that iPhone calendar has been (laughs) the biggest blessing to my life in these last five years Um, but yeah no I just 
I take seasons of when I do things. So right now is my TV season, and last year I was mainly doing a lot of writing. But uh, this year I'm just focusing on TV, and I've given kind of theater and writing a little break. But who knows what will happen next year. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. You know, honestly, Danielle, with your personality, which is like, hello, I'm here, I'm fabulous. You play this tightly wound school teacher, Ms. Ingram, on Young Sheldon, which is the spinoff of The Big Bang Theory. That's got to be fun. I mean, honestly, to be the exact opposite of who you really are. (laughs) All right. Tell us about it, because I got to know. Oh, my gosh. Miss Ingram has been the biggest blessing having that character. I mean, even the audition experience was incredible because I didn't even know what I was going in for. It was a same day audition. My manager called me at 9 a.m. in the morning and said, can you be at CBS at 11? I said, you know what? Let's do it. And that was like my 25th audition of pilot season. I hadn't booked anything that entire time. And I said, you know what? Let me just go in. And I went in for one character. The casting director said, we just wrote something actually this week. Can you go in for this other new character named Miss Ingram? I said, sure. (laughs) So it was kind of like (laughs) all a whim. And I still didn't know what the project was. I just knew that Chuck Lorre was doing it and Steve Malero. But I didn't know what it was until the next day when I got cast and was at the table read with Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory and Ian Armitage and the whole cast and they were like this is a young Sheldon uh, this is going to be the precursor to Big Bang Theory and I was like oh my gosh (laughs) this is going to have such a cult following (laughs) (laughs) is that I I mean I almost feel like that's the way it should have happened instead of being so you know rehearsed or oh my gosh you didn't even have time to think about it no time I almost think that's when I do my best yeah absolutely and it's like meant to be Absolutely. I had no time to prep. My hair was just all over the place. I mean, I didn't have my spanks. I was like, you know what? Let me just go in and see what happens. But that character, I mean, she is so anxious and so tightly wound and she hates being corrected. And I do share some similarities with her in terms of anxiety because I do get a little bit of that. Um, Excuse me, but your husband just chuckled. (laughs) I know. know A little bit is a stretch. A lot of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> My husband would be going, oh, huh. Right. <laughs> no, I get it. Exactly. But she's amazing, and we have so much fun on that show. I love that. I love that. But getting back to your, okay, so you said you put a pause on your writing. Mm-hmm. But you actually are an award-winning playwright, correct? Yes. So it's Body Courage, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. Tell us what that means to you. Tell us how you started. What What is it about? Yeah, absolutely. So that show started as my master's dissertation when I was overseas in the UK. I went to the Birmingham School of Acting, which is now called the Royal Conservatoire. They changed the whole name on oh, me. Oh, wow. <laughs> but uh, we had to do a solo project, something that meant a lot to us. That was all the credentials. And I really wanted to focus on body image because at that time there were no stories about that in the theater. And And it's something that has haunted my family generationally forever. And so my background in theater is in documentary theater. So that means you're just going out, doing the interviews and bringing those stories to the stage and transforming into those folks. So I said, you know what, I'm going to do something like this and call it Body Courage. I mean, at that point, it was called the Body Image Project. But um, I interviewed five women. Uh, One was Dr. Marcy Bowers, who was the trans surgeon, the first plus size woman to be accepted into an MFA acting program in San Francisco. A young woman, she was Muslim and had her freckles removed through plastic surgery, a burn survivor. So there were so many different stories there. And I also wanted to, you know, show the world that 
I didn't just need to play a maid. You know what I mean? I think the thing is for like black women and women of size were put into these characters. It's occupational roles. And I want to show the world that I can transform. I can do I can do something just like my white counterpart can do. And even though I'm bigger, I can do it. You know what I mean? And I can be really good at it. Uh, And the show just kind of took off in the UK and I toured in New York and it sold out. And then when it got to Chicago, we did so many runs of it until finally a theater, an equity house, uh, Rivendell Theater Ensemble took it over, Megan Carney. And it was insane, the response. And at that point, five years later, I'd interviewed over 300 people. I'd included men, uh, a young man from Mumbai who was an Olympian and then a young man from Northern Ireland who had early onset Parkinson's. So there was so many different characters and then incorporated my own story of what it was like being Jamaican and having a mother that was super critical about my body and my grandmother who was like huge Christian (laughs) presence in my family. But it was so awesome and the best thing I would say about that show is at the end of the production, the audience was asked to say what are they not at peace with their body or when do they feel like they will finally reach that point and people just wrote on post-it notes of you know, just all these incredible stories and the whole walls at the end of the theater oh, were just wow. covered with oh my responses from over thousands of people. Just, I wish I could do this about myself. This is what I like about myself. So it was, it was so amazing. It impacts every woman pretty yes, much. I mean, it really it's does. True. It's I mean, true. you know, it doesn't matter if you're thin, if you're heavy, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I mean, women all can relate to that. For Absolutely. Sure. But it sounds like not only women, men too. The oh. diversity is what is so impressive. I think that was the thing that surprised me the most of what men are going through because right. I just had no... Yeah. I had no clue. I mean, there was a young man that I interviewed who is on a TV show named Chicago PD, and he wanted to be a sex symbol. That's what his whole MO was. <laughs> he said, you know what, this is this is what the interview is. And he was a little chubbier, wow. but not that much. Um, and he's like, I want a six-pack abs, and this is what I'm doing. And he just went on these insane diets and routines and trying to get and accomplish this six-pack. I mean, and he's also like a ladies' man as well. So oh. it's all, it's all, I mean, it is, it's what, probably one of my favorite interviews. <laughs> he's so like, fun. Yeah, and like that. to transform into that, everyone is just like freaking out because I have like my toothpick and my little Chicago Bulls oh, hat. Like, yeah. <laughs> that is great. It's a ball. We'll probably need a clip of that, I think. We have to know, Absolutely. You know, we'll, absolutely. We'll that is adorable. <laughs> And then you're also an activist for the body positivity m- movement. Mm-hmm. If I could say that three times, I would be making a million dollars. <laughs> yes. uh, your written works in body awareness are amazing, though, and, and I, apparently they can be found in numerous areas. Where are you being published right now? Right. So I have a blog called Body Courage, bodycourage.com, nice. named after the play. Um, I've, I'm on BuzzFeed. You can see my works there. I've and most recently, yeah. oh. I was just featured on Shondaland. Oh. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yes, Miss Shonda Rhimes oh, shared my so... essay recently, and I um I just got chills. It, I seriously got chills. It's, just it's been an insane year, y'all. Oh. I can't even begin to explain. <laughs> well, it couldn't happen to a nicer person. Come on, <laughs> no, look at her. Seriously. So I... I'm writing a lot of essays now for folks like Shonda. I'm contributing to Shonda Land, oh, and I just did amazing. a piece on for them on unqualified hairstylists dealing with natural hair textures and oh. darker skin tones. So it's wow, a whole. Just, it. It's You're a whole. Little, I love it. It's this a whole thing. It's become a hashtag uh, snap. Edges, you will oh. find it <laughs> all over. We were just talking about this yesterday with some hey friends on. of ours, so now we're gonna, we're gonna share. Find that hashtag, yeah. you will find that 
That's for Courtney and Heather right there. I'm sold. <laughs> that is amazing. I love That's that. That's great. Okay, so you've had some great roles, too, in comedies. Workaholics on yes. Comedy Central. You've been on Mom. You've been on This Is Us, which is get one of our favorite shows, too. Yes. Yeah, Get Shorty. Yeah. Um, so what has been your favorite role thus far? Or what would you say, or what are one role that you want to do that you haven't done? Okay, favorite role. <laughs> Love Miss Ingram. Yeah, so I got to shout her out. But I have to say, uh, recently, I got the best Christmas present ever. I didn't have to audition for this role. I was on Scandal. And it was <gasps> a crossover episode with Kerry Washington and Viola Davis. I actually and saw I, the play. That was yeah. awesome. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It was this March Yeah, that it aired. And I got, actually got to do... I was the hairdresser to Viola Davis oh. in the scene. And it's like... This incredible scene of like what it means to be a black woman and a oh, professional woman fantastic. of color, and it it was a. I mean, both these women, Kerry Washington and Viola Davis, are on my vision board. So oh, to be wow. in the same room and they're and the work most with gracious. Them too. Oh, they're just the most gracious human beings ever. I mean, I'm like, there's an Oscar winner, Emmy nominated. I mean, it was just unreal. Viola was unreal. is one of my favorites. I love Ooh, her. She's that's, amazing. That's huge. I'm sitting here speechless. And that never <laughs> that happens. Never. I so can I'm attest. The same way. I, I can love, attest. Never happens. You know, How to Get Away with Murder. I <laughs> oh love that. Oh, my God. I love both of those shows. Yeah. So that's huge. Girl. It was Scandal's one of my favorites. I got the call. I didn't even know. It was another thing. I didn't even know what it was for. Um, and my agent said, oh, well, you know, it's a smaller role. We're not sure. It's for Scandal. And I was like, y'all, it's never coming back. This was the last was season right? of it. And right? I was like, I have to do it. I don't care if I'm sweeping hair up. Like, I don't know. I don't care what this role is. And so she don't cut her hair up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Linda Lowy, the casting director, called me and said, well, I just wanted to give you this as a Christmas gift. I've been trying to find a role for you ever since you first came in, and this is what it is, and we're, we're making your part a little bigger, and I never need a Christmas gift again, ever that's in my life. Amazing. I mean, this was, it was incredible. That's I was amazing. so blessed to have that. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I do, too. So with everything that you're involved in, the body conscious movement with the body courage and so forth, and your acting career, which is blowing up and the whole bit... <laughs> I want to know, because of everything that's going on politically, but not just yes. politically, you know, what's going on in, in Hollywood scandals, what is your take on the Time's Up movement in terms of, you know, the women's side, but, and I'm sure your husband looks amazing and so supportive, as mine is too, and we appreciate those guys out there, so thank you. Do you have a take on it personally? Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, what I'm so grateful for is women finally getting the courage to speak out and in such a huge way. I mean, this has made national attention where so many women have been in silence for so many years. And for these women that are in Hollywood, they're giving women that are not celebrities a chance to say, you know, no, I'm not going to tolerate this because this not only happens in the industry, this happens in the workplace. I mean, there's so many different... Right. I mean, just assault, it happens all over the world. Yeah. And for someone that may be going through a situation like that, they can see a woman like Viola Davis or, you know, it's talking about that and say, you know what, she said this, let me let me speak my truth as well too. It's phenomenal. And I think what I want to see more of is women of color coming to the forefront uh, because I, you know, representation always matters for me. And I think that the movement needs a little bit more, needs a little bit more stories about that. And I also want people to talk about what's going on in the theater as oh. well too because oh. it's not... Not just 
<laughs> in television. It's happening in the theater world as well. I think it's going to be a little trickle-down effect, oh, but yeah. I'm so happy that people are speaking their truth right now. Yeah, that's so good. Love it. I know. I love it. So with all you've accomplished already, what's next for you? What are you going to do next, or what's coming up? Tell our listeners. Listen. Where we can find so you, I'm, I know I said I'm not writing, but I am doing little essays right now. <laughs> so um, I'm pitching an essay right now with my... PR folks at Rogers and Cohen <laughs> um, about a situation that happened when I got married. Uh, we're going into wedding season right now, and the night before my husband and I got married, my mother had a stroke. So, oh so sorry to hear that. I mean, so I mean, she is so fine right now, oh, I mean, we, and great. we caught it just in time. But we actually got married in the hospital, and it was very Grey's Anatomy, Aww. and Aww. it was very Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> it's like doing the movie callouts in the TV, call, right? <laughs> yeah, I figured. I mean, it was just—it was insane. But it was a private. I mean, it just—we had 300 people coming from worldwide. My husband's from the UK, so we had people coming in from Northern Ireland, Jamaica, on my half, Australia. So, but it just—we came together and said, you know what? My mom has to be a part of this. Let's do it in the hospital room. And my florist gave everyone flowers wow. and in the huh. intensive care unit. And when we exited the hospital room, everyone just threw flowers up in the Aww. air. And so How that's the though. next. Um, it was it was so magnificent. It was one of it was the best day of my life, regardless of what happened, because my mother could be a part of it. And she raised me single handedly. So I mean it was oh, go mom. it just like meant him. so much to me. So I'm working on getting that over to L magazine or O oh, or yeah. things like that. Oh, oh, um, I can see I can see it on Oh, for sure. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. So um, that's what I'm working on now. And then I have an Instagram series that I'm working on with oh. my dear friend, Lanisa Frederick, uh, called Hashtag Booked. Oh. <laughs> and I know, right? Yeah, she's taking it on there. I love this. I know. And it's hashtag spelled out H A S H T A G. And you can find us at hashtag booked on Instagram. And it literally is about what it's like being an actor in the waiting room. Oh, nice. that's great. <laughs> oh, that's huge. That and is it's great. improvised. We we don't have any lines. We just kind of go through the experiences that we've had in the last 10 years. And it is a riot. Oh, my, we are totally going to market that right now. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Danielle, I think the universe is just on your side, girl. On yeah, it, just, I, yeah. It's, it's a done deal. Like, you know, we, I just want to do a quick shout out. We have Marissa Mooney here. Yeah. Her, her PR agent. And uh, thank you so much for setting this up. We're really grateful to have her. I'll tell you what. I... This episode's going to be on fire. I can't wait. It's going to be I can't fire. Wait. You I are just so can't too wait. good. What is one of the funnest stories that you've had on The Young Sheldon? One of my first scenes that I had with uh, Ian Armitage. And let me just tell you, he is a genius really? in real life. In real life. Oh, <laughs> oh I bet. He's, he just he is to get, yeah. so smart. And... I remember he like brings he's really into like crystals and they like you like literally like pieces of uranium and like he'll oh, wow. always have oh, wow. like things like very like, scientific. No, literally, this is <laughs> him. <laughs> he's amazing. So I remember this one time we were on set and he reads a lot of plays because that's where he actually came from as a theater and his family is like I mean his father's in Hamilton right now and oh wow he's like he was re- I think he was reading Romeo and Juliet. And we were shooting the scene, and nobody picked it up until the very end. And he was like sitting underneath his book, oh. and we were just like casually talking about. It. I was like, "Oh, what are you reading? What part are you at in Romeo and Juliet?" And then all of a sudden, in the back, I hear someone being like, "Hey, was that book here the whole time when we were?" <laughs> and he was like, "No," and I was like, "No, no, no! It just was there. We just like always cover for each other, oh, and like we always improvise and." 
I mean, that set is just like family. It, oh, they are just, I love that. That is my, I mean, my favorite because he's like, he's a kid. He's nine years old and he's already reading Romeo and Juliet. I don't think I read that until yeah. I was like, yeah, 15, like high school. I was in high school. I, think I, it was high I school. just saw the movie. I was like, really? Am I really reading it? And we're having full-fledged conversations about like, what part are you at? Like, he's just, he is everything oh, and more. That is so great. He's amazing. That's awesome. Good That's, chemistry. Yeah. Yes. That helps, girl. Oh, yeah. It does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. My God. He's amazing. That show is awesome. Oh, thank you all so much for having me. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm just, to hear about your journey and this show, it's just, you're such an inspiration to me oh, as well. So, so thank you all so much. So far, so good. But we have yes. one more question for you. And we ask everybody this. We kind of summed our life up, which is weird. Uh, like in a bumper sticker, yeah. yeah. Okay, like oh, it's a little shtick. Convertible girl in a hard top world. That's yeah. me. Oh, yeah. you what? What would your bumper sticker be? It would honestly have to be like Garden State Tequila Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Meets absinthe. <laughs> we heard about that story. <laughs> it would have to be. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that is amazing. That. that is amazing. I love that. And what we do is too, we design your little bumper sticker for oh, you. So we'll, we'll get send that. that. I love that. Yeah, we'll get it over to you. That is that's great. Awesome. Oh, that's my favorite so far. I think. Well, honestly. I don't know. I'm super stoked right now. Me too. We're sitting here again at Pump Restaurant. We are just. Enjoying oh, you know, delicious pink cocktails. Yes. Thank you, Lisa. Gorgeous. I know. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. <laughs> pinky toe. Her pinky. <laughs> it's her big pinky. Her big well, gray. thank you so much, Danielle Pinnock. Absolutely. Ms. Ingram on Young Sheldon. Yes. Stay tuned for her. <laughs> this girl is on fire. Gina, I'm so obsessed with Ashley Diana, the Instagram influencer from our episode 45. I know. She was awesome. And she gave us tips on how to up our game on Instagram. Seriously. Between the free training, her coaching, the goodies on her links tab. That's so amazing. She has so much great stuff. So go to twofatfems.com forward slash buzz to get your buzz on by clicking on Ashley Diana. And we'll see you on the gram. Hey, Maggie, do you remember our awesome guest, Juliet Mitchell, pure girl in a toxic world? Love her. She's awesome. Well, she is having an event on January 12th, 2019, the Pure Girl Master Conference. It's a one-day event focusing on all things organic for women, from prevention to cancer survival. It's going to be awesome. There's going to be a fashion show, celebrity guest speakers, manifestation of the best version of yourself in 2019. You know how much I love that. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. And for tickets, you can go to 2FabFems forward slash buzz, and we'll have all the deets for you there. And get on it, girls, because they are going quick. We'll see you there. Welcome back. This is Gina. And this is Maggie. And we have an amazing guest, so sit back. But first... Two Fab Femmes walked into a bar. Maggie, tell me about your week. Oh, girl, it was a great week. I think right now we're a little late for our studio date, so I'm getting something to go. Mm, good idea. I'll take a bucket of Coronas. Ooh, fuck it. Give me a bucket. So how are we going to get these beers in the studio? We're going to have to sneak them. Ooh. All right. All right, let's go. Okay. Gina, what's, what's with you in that door? It's heavy. I, it's... Oh, oops, sorry, oh. my bad. Oh, crap. Maggie giving me a hard time, really? Really? Well, what are you going to do? Yeah, no. Gina, I got to hide this glass. Okay, oh. just let me just kick it under this table. Oh, okay. All right, let's go. Okay. Oh, God. Uh. Stick it in your jacket. Hang on, hang on. 
of course. Are you done? Yep. Let's do this. Our guest grew up in San Diego and went to SDSU. She knows America's finest city market like the back of her hand. She has dominated the airwaves in the 80s and 90s through 2006. She was the morning and afternoons on-air talent for Z90 for 12 years and afternoon drive host on Channel 933 for another 10. She continues to grace her fan base on 105.7 Max FM. If you didn't hear the story, in 2016, she pulled an amazing stunt for Max to hire her by donning a huge sign high atop a scissors lift 30 feet above Claremont Mesa Boulevard next to the giant 105.7 Max FM billboard. Based on this creativity and showmanship and a one-day on-air audition, not only was she well-received from San Diego listeners, she was officially hired by Max FM. And what was her response? Sweet home, San Diego. I'm here from back in time. Get ready. It's going to be a fun and awesome and like totally 80s summer at Max FM. Her energy, passion, and ability to engage with her audience are just three of many reasons as to why she is so great at what she does. Welcome, Cha-Cha. Oh, thanks. Wow, what an intro. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. Honestly, I mean, that bio was just off the hook. I I wish I was there and saw you 30 feet above the... Come on. (laughs) I love that. I'm a little scared of heights. I don't know. I think I got to face my fear. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think it was awesome. That's awesome. And and did you love our our intro song? I'm facing my fears here because, yes, I am doing my very first podcast ever. Like a virgin, baby. And we're excited... Mm. You're on ours. It's just, we're, yeah, it's very, we are, we're honored. We're totally, totally honored. honored. Oh, because I'm like used to being the person doing the interviewing, not the interviewee. But we're like, okay. tables are turning. I know. <laughs> oh, hot, 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 hot. This is, oh this is, what yeah. do they want to know? Yeah. So wait, so speaking of that, so tell us how and when you got started. Okay. In... The golden age or the glitter age of the still, can we just say the eighties? We don't have to say like the exact year. I don't, <laughs> yeah, we don't really we don't. want to date myself. The neon age. We like, oh, it. there you go. Um, and kind of ironic, like I'm back on a Mexican radio now because my very first job, uh, I was in a college play and I was also, uh, taking some radio classes and I made this commercial for my play as my character, Yenchna from the remote Ukrainian village of Kulyenchikov. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was ridiculous, but I was like sending it around to all these radio stations saying, oh, would you play this as a public service announcement, calling the program director saying, did you get my tape? And one of them said, uh, yeah, you have a really good voice. I'm like, oh yeah, well, I'm on the college station. I've been on like <laughs> twice. And really, can you um, bring a tape down tomorrow and interview? And I'm like, sure. I like stayed up all night and made this tape. It was horrible. And he didn't listen to it, just kind of talked to me a little bit and said, well, do you have any problem crossing the border to Mexico? And I said, well, no, I grew up here in San Diego. You know, we went to TJ when we were 18 to party and speak a little bit of Spanish. Really? Can you start this weekend? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So, boom, I had my first radio job, just like kind of uh, lucked into it. Oh, wow. That's that's insane. And you said 18. Honey, I was down there at 16. I don't know. I I literally had my 16th birthday and TJ was amazing. Of course, I was dating a guy that was 19, and that was a oh, big deal. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. We're going down to Mexico. Okay. Yeah. All right. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but it was awesome. Yeah, it sounded exciting at first, but, you know, crossing the border every day to go on the radio in Tijuana, I mean, that was kind of gnarly. I, the DJs drove across. They were Mexican stations, but licensed 
in America and everything was oh, wow. on the American side, but the actual transmitter is in Mexico and always will be. So they didn't have the capability of beaming the signal across in the eighties. So the jocks cross from all the Mexican wow. stations. You'd have to, you know, get pulled over and you'd just pay and discrep it, you know. Like oh, yeah. and one of the DJs got in a fender bender and they took him straight to jail. The oh. program director had to go to the owner, get some money, go down, bail him out. So from then on, we had to have insurance. And just a bunch of stories like that. There was a border crisis once, and the wait was like five hours. So we started oh. having a taxi, and we'd park on the American side, walk across, and the cab would be waiting and drive us up. One time, we pull up, and there's like all these soldiers with machine guns, and they're like, oh, it's election day. They're protecting you. Oh, great. Oh, great. Oh. So some guy sat there watching me uh, do my show with a big gun in his lap. Oh. He was like really into it. Oh, wow. that's crazy. And uh, one of my friends worked at 91X. I was at Z90 at that time, and we started carpooling late nights because we were on the same hill, but they were further up the hill. If it rained, she'd have to park at the bottom, wear boots, and like hike up in the mud. Car got broken into once. I remember driving, sitting in the back seat. There's glass everywhere. Oh, my gosh. Just That's scary. Scary. <laughs> That's very scary. I can't believe I did that for several years. Well, what great stories, um, though, you have. Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> and amazing. talk about paying your dues. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure you did yeah, that. Yeah, I think you but did. But I remember. I remember the because I, I was a big 91X fan. Z90 loved it. Channel 9 through 3. But the uh, FMA Baja California, oh, yeah. Mexico. <laughs> yeah. And that rings in my ear when she's talking about that. I'm like, oh, yeah, they really were in Mexico. I yeah. That oh. had to be. Uh, Not just like I knew. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being in Orange County trying to get 91X. That was like our thing. Like K Rock, we had K Rock, but we were always trying to get 91X because, you know, and it came through, but not as, you know. We had powerful signals. Like Z90 was 100,000 watts. I mean, you're not regulated by American. Oh, um, that makes sense. That makes sense. So you don't have to do, you know, EAS tests or anything like that, but you do have to run the Mexico promos and that ID. Oh, I gotcha. So it wasn't exactly like working at an American radio station. And only once ever, like, did a band actually come down for you to interview them. Oh. Uh, I remember the very first time, and it was a band called Animal Logic, Stu Copeland from The Police, oh, nice. uh, Stanley Clark, and a female singer. I think her name was Deborah, Deborah Holland, maybe. So they came down in a limo. I did my first interview ever, 1989. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, I was pretty nervous. And I have a feeling they were like ready to go down again because partying in Mexico back then was crazy <laughs> so fun. fun. And that lasted until uh, 1990. They started beaming the signal across. Happy day. I didn't have to go to Mexico oh, anymore. Wow. Oh, wow. And at that point, the station changed format, and I became Cha Cha because I had been Karen Harlow, my real name. Oh, that. oh we were not yeah. to be mistaken for Jean Harlow. <laughs> no is relation. There, it, well, oh darn. <laughs> I know. I wish. Is there a distant? <laughs> I like Cha Cha. Yeah. I know. I, mean, I think it's great. Uh, I, think I think it's, it's great. Awesome. Tell us how you got the name Cha Cha. Well, at the time, um, how I got that name, the station had just flipped. And I had already been through a lot of format changes and ownership changes and programming changes. So it went from, at the time, it was kind of uh, adult rock-leaning alternative. And then all of a sudden, boom, it was like MC Hammer every hour and a half. And I heard the other jock go on before me and just, like, was not transitioning. So I went to the boss. I'm like, I can do this. You know, I like dance music. What do you want me to do? I can make this change. And he said, well, we want you to be uh, Mexican. 
and I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> You're like, uh, I could do this. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was terrible. maybe like, I could be Karina, which is my name in Spanish. And the boss is like, okay, well, you need a last name and flipping through the phone book. And I think I just said, you know, hey, what about Cha-Cha? Yeah. And it was just a few minutes before I had to go on. I'm like, are you sure? I mean, Cha-Cha, okay. I, I went on, I opened up the mic and said, yeah, it's the new Chamacy 90. What's up? My name is Cha-Cha and this is MC Hammer or whatever. And it just stuck. And then it just stuck after that. I first phone call I took, I pick up and it's like, Cha-Cha? Like <gasps> someone got my name from one break and I'm like, okay, this is going to work, I guess. And it's like the single yeah. name. It's like the share or the P. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. I think it's great. Madonna. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Cha-Cha. <laughs> And I did do that dance uh, a lot in high school. The cha-cha? Yeah. Oh, I love that. <laughs> My best friend was Puerto Rican, and we went to her house every day and did the cha-cha. So I think that's how I thought of it. But I anyway. love it. I love great. it. That's a great story. That's a great story. So in addition, now, you, you had Animal Logic down in TJ with you. Total, total right. fun experience. What other musicians have you met through your career, either interviewed or just met, hung out with? Uh, is there one person or band that... Oh my gosh. That you wish you did? So many. Well, I would imagine. I never met the biggies like I never met Michael Jackson or Madonna or Prince. I saw Prince at a nightclub once and my friend went up and tried to talk to him, but no, I haven't met them. But I mean, a million cool people, like thinking like some of the standout super cool guys, um, Mark McGrath. Oh, uh, nice. Sugar Ray. Yeah. You guys should try to interview him because he's oh. doing radio now and he's awesome. Oh, um, LL Cool J. I mean, so many that would hang out, answer like whatever questions, do silly bits. I think JC Chazé, we did InSync pickup lines. Mandy Moore gave uh, the drama boy, boy toy a makeover. And, <laughs> oh, nice. Um, I mean, I just got to meet so many artists that I loved, which is a super cool thing about this job. Tina Marie. I think most excited... Maybe Enrique Iglesias. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of got a little starstruck with that one when he kissed me on the cheek. Oh, my goodness. What? But, and, yeah. You know, I would never I, watch I that cheek again, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I'm thinking that's I the didn't. case. <laughs> that's hysterical. Oh, that's and so then, fantastic. Who's the fave, who's the fave yeah. band or guy of your life? Well, I mean, like I said, Prince Michael Jackson, um, and it's too late to meet them, so mm. that's... Mm-hmm. That'll That's be part of the legends. Yeah. yeah. And then let's, let's say, you know, a few not so much great to meet. I mean, <laughs> it's like you never feel the same about <laughs> oh, someone this. once you've met them. <laughs> maybe, maybe don't name names, but I mean, mostly like in a meet and greet situation, you know, like you've set up this meet and greet, you've given away things to your listeners to meet them and, and the time comes and they don't want to come out and meet people. You're like, oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, and then there's this thing called like stand for photo I, I don't know if that's not what it's called i'm making that up but <laughs> it's like i don't know what that is <laughs> it's a situation where everybody who's going to be in a photo with the artists like um stands gets information like you're all ready and then you just wait until they come out gotcha. I, I still remember pop in. the very first time it happened delmar fair lisa lisa of the cold, oh, the cold jam lisa. oh my gosh you know we were all ready she zipped out click and walked away and i'm like what that was it you know wow i have a picture with her but she doesn't know i'm alive (laughs) (laughs) no i don't have a lot of respect for you know the if 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 you're gonna be in the public eye if you're gonna be a star if you're gonna do whatever you're doing be a part of the fans that got you there that just makes sense to me Mm -hmm. right yeah i mean you never know like those what kind of day they're having it's true it's very true it's okay lisa lisa i'm all cried out about it (laughs) now i'm all Good one. (laughs) 
And then um, a lot of them don't want to stand next to me because I'm six feet tall. Are and you six oh, feet tall? Generally, <laughs> celebrities seem to be pretty short. They are. They are. That's true. <laughs> they it's are. very true. I remember sitting next to like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch and going, who's this little boy? Because <laughs> like on the billboards, he was the underwear model. Oh, yeah. And just looked All huge. And, and yeah. You know, I'm bigger than most of them. I remember taking a picture with um, Ricky Martin, who was about my height. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was next to him, and he's like, kind of <laughs> side-eye. I side-eyeing you. Side-eye and then, um, picture, he's up on his toes. Click. Back down. They go, okay, one more. He's up on his toes. Oh, Click. that's <laughs> funny. That is so funny. I love Ricky. He was sweet, though. I don't, you know. Um, oh, and he's adorable. Adorable. Ricky Martin. Yeah. Um, Christina Aguilera. I remember meeting great. Oh, she was not into it. And everybody oh. waits in a line. And then they step up with her behind this backdrop. She smiles. And then back to resting face. You know, the <laughs> resting next face. RBF, up. honey. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you call it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> resting bitch face. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So um, I was with a guy, Backstreet John, I worked with at the time. I'm like, we are going to crack her. So he, I put a, the, <laughs> I a, love it. a baby tea on. This was in the baby tea belly chain oh, time. Wow. I had put a belly yeah. chain on him. And he had, he's like Italian guy with all this hair coming out of it. <laughs> and we step up with her. I'm like... John uh, wore his uh, crop top and belly chain just for you. And she started busting oh, up. Oh, so good. Like, yeah, good job. It. You did it. You broke her. I love that. She, <laughs> they broke her. They broke her. And then uh, another funny one, Mary J. Blige, who my sister oh, really wanted to meet. And this was a full-on stand for photo. Everybody was standing on the other side of this curtain. And my sister and I were where she walked out. She had a robe on. Her handler took it off. And she's standing there waiting. And my sister's kind of awkwardly standing. And I'm like... I took a picture of my sister with her. Mary J. Blige had no idea she was taking a picture with my sister. And my sister's like, oh, diva. Oh, really? Yeah. But the my- robe. I love the handler taking the robe off. Mary J. Blige, dude, I would have stood five hours in that Stanford yeah. photo line. I would have, like, held a robe. I would have been a robe person. She's a diva. And my sister loves divas, too. Like, she's always loved Cher or Bette Midler. So oh, this was yeah. a, a nice diva experience. And- now, is she tall like you, your sister? Uh, not quite as tall, but... So Mary J. You know. Blige had no idea she was standing next to her. <laughs> <laughs> had it been cha it'd be I like, whoa, it. wait a minute. I, I got Lex that McKenzie picture. standing next to me over here. <laughs> That's, That's amazing. So as a diva, though, like, I can totally yeah. relate to it. I've maybe become a little bit of a diva uh, Hey, there's nothing wrong with point. that. I'm telling you. <laughs> What does that mean? I hope I'm not ruining the mystique of everything. I won't tell you we don't really play requests. Uh, <laughs> that's like the biggest Whoopsie. lie in radio. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, I've been in radio for 30-something years. I've, you know, a bunch of different stations, a bunch of different formats. I've never picked the music. Like, people think DJs pick the music. I thought so. I you did, know, too. The program director Casey Kasem, now I have a whole new impression. Of I mean, if you're doing a specialty show or something, but if you're just a jock, you're playing what the program director has chosen through, like, research and chart position, and it's all really, really oh, scientific. And, wow. And then people call, and they request pretty much like what you're going to play anyway and you record it and then when that comes up you play it and so it works out so it yeah. works out yeah do you take a lot of I'm calls ruining everything uh, <laughs> we'll cut it out we'll cut it out right right uh sure wink yeah yeah wink wink but do you take calls too on the air like when people call in do you oh, have yeah i so, record yeah. everybody who calls because you never know what you're going to get and uh, the one time you're not recording and they say something really good so uh-huh. So you yeah. record everything. Oh, yeah, I it. love it okay. when people call. You know, in, in this day and age, wow, that's one thing that has really changed because, you know, people don't call people anymore. That's very yeah. true. People text. Oh, that's so true. You have to, like, try to grab them and, you know, 
make them want to call or if it's a contest or something or if it's a topic that they feel passionate about. But it's hard to get those calls coming in sometimes. Well, speaking of technology changing, how has it changed in radio from what it used to be to what it is today? I mean, that's that's been kind of tough. There have been some tough transitions. You know, first of all, when I started in the Mexican studio, I mean, we had an old board with like knobs and a toggle switch, and then you'd push a button really hard and the turntable would crank into life. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then we had like cart machines, uh, they were called, and like the transition to CDs was huge. And in my ears, I'm like, oh, this sounds all smashed and compressed. Like I didn't like how it sounded. Now I guess I'm used to it because all music is compressed. Right, right. Um, so a tough transition to the digital era. At some point I said, you just got to roll with the changes because you're going to be left behind if you don't. Do that. Now, the social media age. Mm-hmm. Video. That's everything. hard for me because I miss the days when people wondered what you looked like and it was mysterious. Now you got to do videos and selfies. and. It's <laughs> <you know? laughs> true though. Um, and a lot of DJs have become obsolete. Automation, you know, there's a lot of competition too from streaming music, satellite radio. Um, but I think there's still a place for local radio, like being a friend to someone in your town. And San Diego's a market that has a lot of live DJs. So I feel really lucky to you know, still be doing that or be doing that again. Oh, that's well, I will say this. Uh, Gina and I were at an event the other night that... Uh, 105.7 Max FM through. And the second Cha Cha hit the stage, people went crazy. And they went crazy for you. Yes. So I think you are absolutely right. I they was do so love nervous. that connection. You did fantastic. Oh my God. But it's really all about that connection yeah. with that person. And they loved you. It was totally evident. So, yeah. so that's very it's relevant true. what you just that's said. That's what my absolutely. sister said because she was watching the Facebook Live. I'm like, really? I don't remember anything that happened when I was up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you no, were fantastic. They, it was fantastic. Yeah. That's always been a thing for me. And introducing bands. I mean, you take a deep breath and you go out there and do it. And it's usually fun. Like once I get up there and get going, I think I usually don't remember all the details of it. But yeah, (laughs) I'm I'm shy. (laughs) Which is amazing. She's shy. What? I know. (laughs) You come off so confident. No, you come off so confident. But you're so confident and your voice is so amazing too that it just breeds that kind of confidence. So it doesn't seem like you would be shy at all. At all. No, you rocked it, girl. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm just going there. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely so did you true. guys. You we had up. fun. We had fun. They were your backup. Yeah. I know. I know. We, I like she, yes, we were doing a little backup. She's like, be our backup. No, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. That was fun. That was super fun. So, Chacha, you talked about when you got your start and TJ, amazing story. Obviously, I, I think it's a lot easier now, or do you think it is easier? But what are some of the uh, mistakes that you see a lot of the up-and-coming DJs or radio hosts making? And what advice would you give to aspiring radio hosts of today? I'm, I'm kind of wondering, like, where they are. Because, you know, I don't see many um, young people who are like, oh, I really want to get into radio. You know, I, like, I got my foot in the door, and I was hanging around. What can I do? Can I put my voice on something? And they're like, finally, like, okay, here. Or translate this or read this or answer this phone. I mean, uh, my advice for like for whatever you want to do is, I mean, it helps to go with like the talents that you have innately. Like I, mm-hmm. I could always pick up something and read it really well. Like that maybe was something I was good at, but like just whatever it is, be super hungry for it, you know, get in and go for it. Like I've had a lot of luck, but 
you know, just really tried to capitalize on it once I got that opportunity. I wonder where those people are. You know, I've tried to like be a mentor to young people through my whole career. Oh, that's and, amazing. Oh, that is amazing. You know, yeah. I just don't find many that want me anymore. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure I would recommend like radio as a career because DJs are like you see a list of um, careers that are obsolete. DJs is one of them, you know, like unless you have to do it, you know, if, if it's something you have to do, then do it. And no matter what it is, and you can. I love yeah, that. That's pick up true. the broom and start sweeping yeah, until somebody right. notices you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. right. I mean, that's I think we've all kind of done that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's in my like theater you, you career, yeah. it was like you saw me in the corner and tell Heck somebody yeah. when can you sing? Well, yeah. I, I worked. I worked as a PA on many movies, just like getting coffee for people. I was like, I'll do whatever it takes. I want to be in this biz. Yeah. I mean, fake it till you make it. There you that's go. That's what okay. they say. I and love that. I have totally done that. I did news for a while, and I totally like faked my way through that. So I couldn't do that. Was hard. Yeah. That I get I'm really thankful to be I mean it was a good experience but um, I'm thankful to now was it regular like was it national news local news what this was in Los Angeles at KNX 1070 news radio I was news anchor reporter with no experience I just stumbled into that one too and went with it and probably killed it I bet you she did amazing (laughs) I'm thinking I'm thinking you said yes a lot to opportunities that came around instead of going well maybe something better will come along you were like Great, great opportunity. I'm taking it and you moved yeah. forward. It could lead to something too. Even like if I was do. really scared. Yeah. You know, go for it. <laughs> right. Yeah, I like it. I do too. I think it's fantastic. And it's a great message to put out there to young people that are looking for, you know, their career path. Just say, just be passionate about something and do it. Do whatever it takes to get there. I right on. I love so that. So speaking of this. Oh, yeah. If you had a personal bumper sticker, what would it say? Okay, you asked me this before when you were on my show, and what did I... Um, I loved it. Spinning coming. through life like, like a, a record. record. Like a record, baby, right I, round. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> love right round, right, right round. <laughs> or... Dead or Alive, I love that band. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Like a Virgin. Oh. <laughs> you know, yeah. keep it shiny and new. <laughs> Ooh, I like oh, it. I like that. <laughs> Since you guys made new. that theme song okay, for me, um, I might be rolling with that we're gonna one give now. Her two. We're going to give her two bumper <laughs> stickers. I think she deserves two. I like right. it. Yeah, we're good. Well, thank you so much, Chacha, for, for the time. Oh, we sure. so appreciate it. Thanks for having so me. And literally, Chacha just got off air. And she walked by, you know, grabbed her, sat her down, basically, you yeah. know, and we really appreciate you for taking the time with us today. Well, thanks for having me. You guys are fun. Hey, and your you. uh, cherry is officially popped. Ah! <laughs> Pop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Find all our episodes at twofabfems.com or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. So stay tuned and stay fierce. Stay fierce.